So in reference to uh, UIP diagnosis, we've had a couple of major changes in the last year to two years. So uh, what we've seen is uh, the Fleischner Society guidelines published in 2017 and then the ATS guidelines published in uh, 2018, so just last year. And what these coalesce around is the idea that in patients who have a probable UIP pattern on their CAT scan, if you've done adequate clinical phenotyping of that patient and you've really excluded a known cause for that UIP pattern or that probable UIP pattern, you can render a diagnosis without a biopsy. So that's been a major advance that's occurred. Now, what we see in both sets of guidelines is uh, the thought that if you're uncertain about whether there is a known cause for the ILD in the setting of a probable UIP pattern, then a surgical lung biopsy should be considered. And in that context, we have data published on a genomic classifier, the Invisia genomic classifier that was published earlier this year in the Catalyst study. And what that study showed was that regardless of CAT scan pattern underlying, you could identify a UIP genomic signature with good confidence, uh, and that held up in a multidisciplinary panel. So the upshot is, in those patients who have a probable or perhaps an indeterminate UIP CAT scan, you could consider using Invisia as a tool that helps you identify UIP or not UIP. And uh, if it is UIP, then it gives you perhaps more confidence that you're dealing with an IPF diagnosis if you've done a good clinical history. A surgical lung biopsy is a procedure that we utilize in people with an unknown ILD diagnosis. We consider it in a probable UIP pattern. We do it, um, generally speaking, if there are not contraindications in indeterminate or an alternative diagnosis CAT scan pattern. However, we come across very frequently the patient who can't undergo these procedures uh, because they have too many comorbidities or problems. So what do we do with that patient? And that's partially what this emerging diagnostic section uh, addressed. The Invisia classifier helps to designate whether a patient has UIP or not UIP uh, on a transbronchial lung biopsy by genomic signature. So it can be helpful in distinguishing those two processes in a binary fashion, but it has to be incorporated with clinical data. Uh, a UIP signature in the setting of autoimmune disease is still of unclear significance. So a UIP signature on an Invisia classifier in a patient who has idiopathic interstitial pneumonia is uh, likely consistent with an IPF diagnosis, and that's where it can be helpful. Uh, a couple of the other uh, techniques that were discussed are, are really quite fascinating. Endobronchial OCT uh, that Dr. Lita Hariri discussed um, is a technique that really requires no tissue specimen biopsying whatsoever. So it's um, kind of the least risky of all the modalities that we have. It does involve bronchoscopy, but it involves uh, serial imaging uh, at a microscopic level with uh, a probe that's placed through the bronchoscope. And uh, in Dr. Hariri's studies, what she's shown is that you can identify pathologic features that correspond to fibroblastic foci and other features of UIP using this technique. So as it's developed, um, hopefully in the future, maybe five or 10 years down the road, we could use this technique uh, in those patients who are not candidates for any type of biopsy at all. Uh, and then finally, Dr. Uh, Kulkarni discussed PET imaging, and she really uh, showed a number of uh, compelling slides utilizing different markers that are felt to be active in IPF pathogenesis and different cell types that are active in IPF pathogenesis. I think this is still at a fairly early stage. It's probably not just yet translatable to clinical practice, but it's an evolving area, and as she discussed, may help us guide uh, therapeutics as well in the future. So cryobiopsy, um, 
has had a lot of uh, data published in the past uh, few years. Uh, in just the past year, 2018 and 2019, we've had uh, the coldest study as well as a study published in the Blue Journal looking at cryobiopsy versus surgical lung biopsy and ILD diagnosis. And they showed slightly different results uh, with uh, the knowledge that the coldest study, which was recently published, was slightly larger. Um, ultimately, um, the coldest study provided some security in the idea that cryobiopsy and surgical lung biopsy have diagnostic agreement, but of course it wasn't 100%. Um, I think we have to bear in mind as we think about uh, this topic that um, cryobiopsy is a nice option that's less invasive than surgical lung biopsy, has reasonable agreement with surgical lung biopsy, but at the same time requires really high level of expertise in our experience uh, to implement, that there is a reasonable rate of uh, complications such as bleeding, which was seen as well in the coldest study, as well as pneumothorax and um, other studies that in at least one study published last year, the agreement with surgical lung biopsy is not quite as high. And finally, an element that I'll add from my personal experience is that in the studies of cryobiopsy that have been published, including the coldest study, patients were undergoing this procedure while they also were receiving uh, their uh, surgical lung biopsy, meaning they were receiving general anesthesia. So I think we have to bear in mind as we implement cryobiopsy in the world at large, are we going to be doing this routinely? When a patient undergoes cryobiopsy, will they always uh, have general anesthesia as they did in the study when they were concurrently getting surgical lung biopsy? If so, are the risks really that much less than a surgical lung biopsy since you're subjecting them to general anesthesia anyway? Um, so I think these uh, that, that coupled with the bleeding complications have to really be uh, borne in mind as we move forward with that procedure.